Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hello and welcome to Miles to Memories. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined by Joe Chung. And Spencer Howard is filling in for Mark this week. We have a great show for you. We're going to start by talking about Spencer and how he got into the Miles and Points game, how he became such a phenom, and his new Straight to the Points Premium Award Alerts newsletter. Find out all about it. Plus, the United Travel Bank was working for American Express Platinum incidental credits. It's not working anymore. We'll show you how to find the latest data points for what works and doesn't so you can decide which airline works best for you. Plus, it's currently a buyer's market for travel. There are unprecedented deals. Should you be booking travel now? Should you be taking advantage of these increased credit card offers? We'll discuss all of this, plus rapid fire and more. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. mtmpodcast.com is where you can go for that. If you want to dive a little deeper into the world of miles and points, consider our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. $10 a month gets you access to our private Facebook and Discord groups plus bonus content every week. And we have a new annual option, which is even discounted, which is discounted even more. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. Hey guys, good to have you here. Spencer, thanks for, for joining us this week. Mark has the week off and he's at home sleeping. Yeah. How's, how's your week been? Uh, Spencer, how's everything in DC? The weather nice there? Weather's lovely. Weather's lovely. It's a calmer week than, uh, as I said, about, I guess, what was it about 12 days ago? And we'll see how inauguration day goes. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool. Spencer and I were talking before the show. He's right in the heart of D.C. And he says he's used to all kinds of closures, all kinds of crazy stuff uh, all the time there. So it's just uh, just another day. D.C. And, living. Uh, yeah. Just, and how's uh, how's life up in the Northeast, Joseph? It's Having good. Fun? My son went back to school today. Of course, there was a uh, COVID case at school in a different class. Like over the weekend after we had pulled him for like six or seven weeks, but we decided to send him anyway. I mean, it was in a different class, so it should be okay. But yeah, he was super excited to be back in school. Apparently, they were like ready to celebrate his half birthday. So, uh, you know, they went ahead and did that. So, you know, everyone's happy. And first day back at school, he passed out like immediately at bedtime. So very chill tonight. So the parents are happy too. <laughs> They're like, yeah, just, just bad. Do you remember like celebrating your like quarter birthdays and half birthdays and you know what age do you stop doing that i wonder well first of all as a uh, chinese american i barely got to celebrate my own birthday <laughs> you know it was also because although to be fair my sister didn't get too much either but part of it was because my birthday is two days after christmas but part of it was we just don't care a lot about birthdays. at least my family care. at least my family does not my wife's family cares so we have started to balance each other out more but yeah i want to say like by the time i was like i think the last birthday present i can remember getting was a super nintendo when i was like 10 which was a great present but that was it and you know i haven't gotten anything since that includes as an adult it's all good though i'm not bitter or anything i'm not bitter. <laughs> 
Joe just buys his own presents for himself every. Well, I, mean, I, I do that. No, I do. Yeah. Hey, you I mean, always this, get what you want de- that way. This new desk is my present. I, I told Jess she didn't have to buy me a present for my birthday this year because I was buying this desk and it was going to be too expensive already. I wanted to buy buy you a bubble so that you could sit there with your bubble. He was going to install a noise bubble so that he wasn't bothering his wife. When I he never was. Sean just thinks. No, he, he mentioned it once. <laughs> he told, it's a joke. He totally was. I, I, mentioned, it, I, mentioned it once, I mentioned it once that my wife wanted to make one, but we're, we're probably going back to school sooner rather than later anyway, so we're not going to need it anymore. All this new office furniture that we got is uh, all, all going to go to waste. So, you know, what are we going to do? I think you the ex- group should all pitch in and send him stuff to make this like sound bubble. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think we I think we should we should do that. We should crowdsource that. I'll get a GoFundMe put up by tomorrow. A picture of you and the family in the in the Hilton Hawaiian Village. It won't even fit. Like I need to. <laughs> It needs to like cut off, like it, it's 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 not it can it won't even work as a switch. We'll send shape. contractors. Don't worry see, about see it. See Spencer, he yeah, says yeah, he yeah, wasn't even serious about it, but he's already yeah. figured out. He's already actually measured it out. Uh, excuse yeah. me. Okay, those who are watching on video can see that I'm looking literally right now. That's when I'm figuring it out. You know, because you have brought it up. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be such an influencer in that way to be pushing this hashtag topic. influencer. Hashtag yes. influencer. Oh yes, my my favorite hashtag of all. So yeah, let's get into the show. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Spencer and his straight to the points website and service. And I thought we'd start by talking a little bit about you, Spencer, and and where you kind of came from in this hobby, because you kind of came out of nowhere. I remember meeting you for the first (laughs) time and like just being really impressed with how much knowledge you had about all the programs and booking. And then I, I I don't know how long you had been in the hobby at this point in the miles and points hobby, but it hadn't been very long. And you just like took to it. Of course, everybody really knows your kind of reputation for being one of the best people in booking points. But I guess I was going to just ask, you know, how was it that you found the miles and points world and then sort of got off to such a fast start? Well, thank you. I, uh, gosh, I don't even know. How did I end up starting? I think honestly, it was that I had, I'd read an article, uh, on Gary Left's site, View from the Wing, while I was working at the U.S. Travel Association. And that was 2015. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was the first job I'd had that actually had wanted me to take vacation time. So that was helpful. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. I just started hunting for cheap fares and then found points on Gary's site, specifically credit cards, and figured that was my key to uh, flying up front. And from there, yeah, just kind of started, I guess I spent like four hours a night for like six months just reading about points. And that's kind of led to writing within a year and within about 15 to 18 months going full-time freelance as a writer. So is that all anybody has to do? They just got to spend four hours a night for six months and then they'll they'll have to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard really. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Like, I know people were like, oh, read this blog and read that blog. And like, I looked at, I've looked at a lot of blogs and then I like dug into flyer talk and I was like, well, why don't I just go straight to the source and like read the airline routing rules and their award charts and see if I can, I don't know, break them. Um, It's just... I don't know. My my uh, girlfriend now wife, she was in law school at the time, and so I I always joke that while she was studying, I was studying something equally as serious at night. So yeah, I just kept reading about it and trying to understand uh, different ways to do things. So it's uh, it's funny because like I know I like I definitely I think I've I've been drawn towards the redemption side, but I actually spent just as much time reading about like how to earn points and like 
like credit card benefits. But now it's just like, I don't know, at this point, I think people are like, oh, yeah, he knows like how to use points. I'm like, sure, <laughs> whatever. Well, it's funny that you say that you spent uh, four hours a night for like six months or whatever, because still it feels like I know you and Mark had some uh, snarky comments on a comment that was left on Monster Memories. But like, I think people don't realize that it is possible to figure these things out by yourself if you put in the work, but to really, to assume that you can just get all the information from the blogs, you know, that's just really, I mean, that's really just scratching the surface of what is out there. So I, yeah. it's impressive how much you were able to do, but via hard work, which is kind of a reminder that, you know, if you're really going to maximize this game, you really have to put in the work. I, I always tell people it's a, it's a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Uh, you can make it what you want. You don't have to get obsessed with it the way I do, or you guys do. I think sometimes we kind of, I don't know, there, there is a tendency of some to kind of get after people who aren't like putting in the work that they think that someone should put in, but like, maybe they don't care to, like, that's not necessarily their priority. People, you know, people, people have kids and other hobbies. Like not everybody is going to make travel their like the hobby. Um, other people like going to concerts or ball games or whatever. And it's like, they would rather spend their time and energy going there. So yeah, it's just a matter of like, if it's if it's an obsession of yours, I guess, then like, there's lots that you can get out of it. I don't blame anyone for looking for help. And there's, yeah, I mean, there's different degrees of, of craziness. I mean, as far as there's a lot of people I know that are into travel, but they travel one or two weeks a year. And so they have very limited need. They don't need millions and millions of points. Yep. They know what they need and they only get as nerdy about it as they need to be. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like, yeah, I, it's... I enjoy it just because I enjoy it, I guess. It's just something about trying to figure out ways to travel and get to places. And I mean, I've always, I guess I've kind of been a proponent of like, earn the points you need. Don't just earn points to earn points. But yeah, it's, it's clearly my obsession. And I love helping people try to figure out travel. I've just, I've kind of always been in that teacher mode, not not quite as intensely as like Joe as an actual teacher, but even in like previous previous jobs, I was teaching people how to do things. So now it's just like, yeah, now I can take what I love to do myself and try to help others do it. Yeah, to be clear, when I say to put in the work, that doesn't necessarily mean going to all the websites yourself. Yeah. The particular work that I put in these days is building relationships with people like you guys so I can DM you <laughs> when I have any questions. So I don't have to do any of that other work. But joking aside, you know, putting in the work to build a community and to be part of a community, you have to both contribute to the community and, you know, you can't you can't just take, right? It has to be a give and yeah, take. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and I think everyone has a place in the community, you know, but you have to kind of, everyone who shows that they're willing to put in work of any kind, whether it's research or organizing events or like being social or whatever, you know, I think that's what makes us stronger as a community. Absolutely. And I, I have a ton of friends now from the points community. I've always kind of, it's it, it's interesting. There's kind of a, I, I think you both know, just in, there's some tension between the content creators and the broader points community at times. And sometimes I understand that and other times it's disappointing, but it's a lot of my friends are from like the community of just people who love to use points. Um, and so it's, I don't know when I, when I'm producing content of any kind or whether it's an Instagram post or a, a newsletter or I'm on a podcast, like I do try to kind of keep all of my friends in mind and like, you know, I don't want to disappoint them, you know? <laughs> So I try to, you know, be respectful of the community that helped me learn a lot of what I know. So nowadays you gallivant all around the world, flying premium cabins, uh, more than most people, and certainly more than a lot of people I know, even in this uh, community. What was the first premium cabin award that you booked? 
yeah, I always tell people that I'm not a normal kind of path into points. So the first booking I did was the Etihad Apartments from Abu Dhabi to Melbourne when they still flew the A380 to Melbourne. Basically, I looked at Americans' award chart and realized that it was, that at the time, it was 90,000 miles from JFK to Abu Dhabi in first class, and it was only 60,000 between Abu Dhabi and uh, Australia. So that was the first thing I booked, and then I pieced together a trip. <laughs> That's just swinging for the hills right there. I like that to start. Yeah, with. I mean, I, <laughs> I ended up booking Singapore suites back from Sydney to the U.S. with a stopover in Singapore. And uh, then I finally booked my flight to the Middle East, and my, my Alaska miles posted right after Alaska devalued their Emirates chart. So I only had enough for business, which, you know, not that bad on the A380 actually, but yeah, that was, yeah, that man. was my first, that was my first, uh, <laughs> first go around at booking an award ticket. And I was like, yeah, I should go spend two weeks going to the Middle East, Australia and Southeast Asia. Sounds good. First solo trip, first award trip. Yeah. <laughs> and now you have thousands of people who, uh, watch your uh, award <laughs> alerts come to their, to their email. And what was it? You said two and a half years ago, you started straight to the points, the email alert program where you, it was a free newsletter, send it out basically when you would discover kind of interesting award space or things that were of interest to people. And it just grew like crazy, right? Yeah. It's been kind of a, a wild two years. I mean, I always tell people I've, it's been a, it's been very much a part-time thing while I've been doing uh, other freelance work for like God save the points one mile at a time, stuff like that for the last several years. And so I just, yeah, I just, I was doing award bookings for some clients. I was researching for articles and I just, you know, I'd see award space and figured, well, I hear a lot of email or I get a lot of emails about people frustrated about not being able to find stuff. I may as well share what I'm finding to hopefully help them book something that they've been uh, hoping to book. And then you recently took that award service and made it a premium offering uh, for yeah. members. So why don't you explain exactly you know, why you decided to go from the free model to the, to the paid yeah. model and then what do people get and how does it work? Why would I make a crazy decision in a world full of people who are always trying not to spend money <laughs> to ask them for money? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, right I, in the middle of the pandemic. All, I want to go on record that uh, yeah. I told this guy to monetize like a year ago. I just, I just want to make sure that's on record. So I'm that's very glad record. you did. Right. But it's, go it's ahead. And, uh, besides, besides not listening to me a year ago, why did you decide to go premium? I think, I think Joe, you you have it like on a public record with your uh, other podcast that you've done. You've made that comment. So it's noted. It's noted. Yeah, I just wanted to provide a better service and take it full time, honestly. And so the only way to do that was to find a way to <laughs> have it help support me. So in doing so, I decided to move to a premium and I call it an economy version, which is the free version. The premium version still gets the award newsletter as they've gotten in the past, but now I'm throwing in like text alerts. So you just to make sure you don't miss it, honestly, doing monthly happy hours and Q and A's with uh, other people from the industry, throwing in discounted award bookings. I've got, I'm doing luxury hotel bookings through like Virtuoso, Hyatt Privé, all that stuff. So anybody who's on the premium list can reach out and have me do that for them. Yeah, it's, just trying to make it a little bit better. That's pretty much what it is. And I'm hoping to keep developing it. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to make it full time. And that's a, it's a, it's a different experience when you're not doing it just kind of as a side gig, but I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about what somebody should expect from an award alert? I've been subscribed yeah. since basically the beginning and they're incredibly detailed. So I think that yeah. it's you know good to kind of go into what they are because it's more than what you might get from some, I guess, of your competitors. Yeah. 
I don't really feel like I have competitors. I don't know. Yeah, That's, I guess I'm just more of the paid flight side, but it's yeah. So my my thing is really I try to provide as honestly as much detail as possible so that you understand what the experience is going to be like, when you can actually book it, the best ways to book it, factoring in what points and miles you have, and then just kind of simple booking instructions so that the process is actually easy. Yeah, one of the biggest things is I provide all the dates that I find so that. I think makes it a lot easier for people so you don't have to spend the time hunting for space. I think for a lot of people, that's that's one of the biggest keys is they just don't have the time or energy to figure out all the dates. The other part is just the insights into the best ways to book. You know, if you have Amex and Chase points and, you know, which partner should you transfer the points to to book this particular award? And what about the taxes and fees because of surcharges? And, you know, there's a lot of questions I think that a lot of people have around the best ways to book. So I'm just kind of providing some guidance there so that people can just relax and just implement instead of figure it out. Yeah. And I, I for one, appreciate that because I do think that you're incredibly thorough uh, with that. And I even find different angles, different programs I hadn't thought about. So I'll open it and I'll say, okay, yeah, that this is what it is. And then as I go through, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. I can transfer from that program instead of this program, or it only costs you know, 60,000 in this program versus 80,000. And I don't have to go look it up if I don't know it off the top of my head because it's all in the yeah. alert. And that's, so. it's all about making things a little bit easier so people can get about, you know, go on with their lives and do whatever they, <laughs> they need or want to be doing, whether it's, you know, take care of their kids or, you know, go to a ball game, watch TV. Yeah. Well, the nice thing ball is game, Spencer, geez. Well, not now, but, you know, it's coming. We're turning a corner. Well, we can, I guess, in some places. Yeah, a but lot of places. Not where, not where we live. Not where we live. Fair enough. We can't either. It's so sad. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's it's all about making the experience more enjoyable for people. It's a lot of information to learn. Like I talked about reading four hours a night. Like most people don't have the time or even the interest. Like if, But if you can earn the points and you have them and you want to take, if you just want to go by yourself or you want to take a you know significant other, you want to take a friend, you want to take family, whatever, like. I'm just going to try to make it easier for you. How often do you expect to be sending out these premium alerts? Yeah, well, I sent two. I sent two last week, <laughs> the first week that it launched. I'm trying to mix in fair deals too, business class, maybe first class fair deals, especially if you, there's an opportunity to book with like the Chase Portal, um, with the Sapphire Reserve, or the Amex Travel Portal if you have like the Business Platinum. So I'm I'm hoping to get to that point where it's just like a weekly thing. Where I mean, honestly, if it's I'm not hiding anything or holding back anything that I find. I'm not trying to slow play it. If I find something, I'm going to send it. This week is like, I'm working on one now, but it's been a little slower just because of, you know, the administrative work of getting the launch uh, all situated. But yeah, more more to come. I think right after the launch ends at the beginning of next week, you know, I'll be able to pick back up into doing more research. So yeah, looking forward to that. And so we've been focused on your uh, premium version of your newsletter, but there still is an option for people who aren't ready to commit yet. Uh, do you want to talk yeah. about that a little bit? Yeah, the I mean the economy version I think is still useful. I actually sent the econ so the economy version comes out seventy two hours later or more. So I sent an economy version of what I sent last Tuesday tonight actually, and I've already gotten some emails from people who've booked it. So the economy version I'm not going to get into like the details of like which transfer partners you should be considering and why you should be considering booking with one program and the exact dates, but I'll give you like the airline, the class of service, the uh, uh, a range of dates, like a month range. So like September to December, I'll let you know what airline miles you can use. And then maybe a little bit about the in-flight experience, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of leave the booking instructions and the 
insights into the best ways to book and the specific dates for the premium side since yeah i figured that was fair and where can people go where what's the website address yeah what's the process it's, uh, of signing up <laughs> it's straight to the points.co yeah and you just go to the homepage and there's an option to uh you, I guess you can click go premium, <laughs> but when you get to that page, there's the annual option for premium, there's the monthly option, and then there's the economy version, which is free. Pretty simple. And you do take PayPal. So if anybody has- I take PayPal. Buying. It codes as travel. It codes as travel. Uh, so if you have the Sapphire Reserve, City Prestige, your travel credit should work. I've been getting reports from multiple people that, that is, uh, they've been reimbursed. So I've been, I like to say that uh, Straight to the Points Premium is the 2021 credit card perk of the year. So yeah, that's uh that that's my marketing pitch for it. <laughs> so PayPal probably the best option for most people, but you can also pay with Stripe for sure. And just for the record, I am a, a premium member, so I guess I could say that. And uh, if if you're not at least signed up for the free version, definitely do that so you can get an eye for what's coming and and what he's uh, providing because it's a great service, both free and premium. And glad that you decided to launch it and with yeah. all of that extra information and stuff. And uh, I know Joe and I have been big fans uh, for a while and glad to hear that this uh, that this launch is is going well and if yeah appreciate you it. don't know if you don't know Spencer he he knows his stuff so let's talk a few other things while we have you here let's start by Joe alluded to something earlier people yelled at us on miles to memories uh, about this story the United Travel Bank appears dead uh, for Amex airline incidental credits and the reason that they yelled at us is because they yelled at us because they said we didn't write about this specific thing on the website even though we've written many times telling people how to get this information, they got mad because we didn't write a post saying, use your Amex Platinum credit for United Travel Bank, to which if we had written that, it would have died probably a lot quicker. There's several data points saying that this doesn't work. And basically, you could load funds into your United Travel Bank. It would code with Amex in a way that they would give you the Platinum credit. That doesn't work anymore. That used to work years ago, right? And then they took it away or it stopped working, I think, for a couple of years. And I feel like it came just back. came back for like only a few months. Like I only feel like sometime during the pandemic, I heard it was working again. So, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, it's working again because I still have the $200 from like four years ago. So I was like, I'm not going to use this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I heard it came back and people were happy about it, but I guess it's gone again. So well, how yeah, do you guys but... determine where you use your Amex uh, airline incidental credits? Because I know that's a lot of people at the beginning of the year, they probably are trying to determine that. And especially like in the last couple of years, we haven't had as much travel. So maybe not as many incidental things. For some reason, a lot of people in the hobby hate to use their incidental credits on incidentals. They feel like they're getting ripped off if they don't figure out how to get cash for it. So I know that over the years, I have been pretty diligent in trying to find ways to maximize those credits uh, in ways uh, that I could do. And I, I used Flyer Talk because I always found that Flyer Talk had pretty good up-to-date resources on each uh, airline and how it was working with American Express. And I, I think Reddit has some similar data points these days. How do you go about choosing your airline at the beginning of the year? So I'm pretty boring. I am pretty much all JetBlue all the time. And in 2019, when you could still like refund for even more space seats and stuff like that, I was doing that a lot. But then Amex started clawing those back and shutting people down. So I did not do that in 2020. I was able to refund some stuff to get it into my travel bank on JetBlue. But now my JetBlue travel bank is too big. I did call to get the funds extended. So if you have travel bank funds that are expiring, this is just a 
random aside tip, but like if you have travel bank funds that are going to expire, if you call JetBlue, they've been pretty good about extending them. So I was able to extend for like an extra year for most of my funds. But because I have so many travel funds and I just don't know how much, you know, I'm in this weird spot where I'm like sitting on tons of JetBlue points, but I need to pay for cash tickets first because, uh, you know, I need to get rid of this travel bank. So I have actually not decided what I'm going to do this year with my travel bank. So, you know, to be determined. So fly to Vegas, come visit me, fly mint. I was like all the JetBlue mint deals, like why? And they're out of Boston. Just start flying mint. Just back and forth. Just have fun. I want to, yes, that like, (laughs) I have so much travel bank that mint is what I'm like planning to use it for. However, I need to prove to myself that this can happen once first before I can add more. And I figure, you know, I have some, I normally get most of the travel credits done in January and February, but you know, because of the amount of travel bank I have, if I can get rid of the travel bank, then I would probably get more travel bank, but I need to, I need to fly that mint to Vegas first once so that I can clear out, you know, all my excess. And then, you know, we can go ahead and, uh, I mean, I have this, like, if I could do it, I don't, I don't know. But if I could do it, like up until May, I can still get a companion pass because JetBlue is doing for Mosaic members that companion thing where, you know, you can pay cash for a ticket and then fly a companion with you for free. I would love to do that. So that would be a great use of all my travel bank funds. But, you know, we'll see. But what do you do with your travel credits, Spencer? And I mean, I've actually moved around in the past few years. It's I mean, back when like Delta uh, American gift cards worked, it just depended on like what I needed. I would use one of the two this year i did uh get in on the united fund uh just before <laughs> 700 dollars worth of united fund so yeah now i gotta find a good fair deal or something but yeah it, it's just i i think sean kind of like you i've been trying to find ways to actually use them to travel in the past i've never been kind of as concerned with cashing them out basically um for like just a statement credit i don't know i i I like traveling. So I want to just like, I want to travel. I've never really thought of the Amex platinum airline fee credits. as like offsetting the annual fee. It's just like, I'm hoping to find a way to make them more flexible for using them for travel to make them more of a true travel credit. <laughs> yeah. I know Mark tries to get them out of the way, like at the beginning of the year, but I'm such a procrastinator anyway that yeah. I just figure, Oh, I'll, I'll see how the year goes and then I'll deal with it at the end, which probably isn't the best thing. But uh, like I said, yeah. I'm not, too worried about uh, about every bit and cashing out. I used to do JetBlue quite a bit, um, but when they started clawing back some stuff, I, I decided not to, to do that. But basically, uh, the advice I'd give anybody out there listening is take some time, do some research, I guess, and you know, take a look at Flyer Talk. Flyer Talk these days, I don't know that it has the best information for a lot of this stuff, but I feel like with the incidental credits, that's been good. The data points have been kept up there and they do a good job of organizing it. So you can really look, okay, this airline, how will it work? What will code? Sometimes you're not even trying to get around the terms. It's just that you want to know what will code. You want to yeah. know if you're going to spend the money on something that you're going to get that credit back. And so it's good to, to, to see those latest data points there. It's and- like literally the only thing I go to Flyer Talk for. Like it's the only... <laughs> It's like the only time I go to Flyer Talk is to get those data points. <laughs> it's a good thing they still a, got them. That's just what a Flyer Talk moderator wants to hear. Yeah. Like, great. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you a Flyer Talk moderator? I didn't know. No. I, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, it's funny that Mark likes to get them done early. You like to procrastinate. Well, the funny thing is, like, sometimes I like to get it done early when I know there's something that will work. Spencer, yeah. thanks for killing United Travel Bank, by the way. Um, You're welcome. It's my fault. But, it's all my fault. 
but when you procrastinate, sometimes other opportunities come along that you didn't know work, right? Because like if yeah. if you if you banged all these out in January 2020, then you would not have been able to do United Travel Bank if that was an option that you would have been interested in. So, you know, I do think if you're going to get them done early, which is a totally fine strategy, make sure you get it done on something that, you know, you're sure you really want to do. But I think that's why I'm waiting right now, because I'm a little bit wishy-washy about what I want to use it for. So maybe there'll be an opportunity that will come up sometime later in the year. Data points will come out uh, for something that works, which is a quick reminder that, like, if you do not choose your airline in January, technically it gets locked in. But most people's experience is if you have not used the credit at all at any point in the year, like let's say I decide I want to change my airline in like June or something like that, generally Amex has been pretty good about changing it. So, you know, just kind of a reminder there since, you know, January is going to be over soon. Yeah. And I know several people, myself included, who changed their airline the last week on like right after Christmas just by chatting with American Express. So yeah. as long as you haven't used the credit to your point, Joe, they, they are pretty good with that and- Hopefully this settles some people who are upset that they didn't know about things. Hopefully we're, we're teaching you where to get the information, where you can find it so that you don't have to rely on us writing a blog post telling you to break the terms. Because honestly, the terms are there and, and their American Express has shown their willingness to enforce them later on, clawbacks, all kinds of stuff. So the less people I think put this stuff out there, the better for you if you choose to take advantage of one of the, the loopholes there. That's, that's my feeling anyway. Let's move on to the next thing. This is a Bloomberg had this article where they quoted uh, this guy named Spencer Howard uh, about he knows nothing <laughs> how to take advantage of unprecedented points and miles deals, basically talking about the travel world co- going forward, where we are now, and how you can take advantage of some of the strangeness that's happened within the the travel reward space because of COVID nineteen. And the article is written by Eric Rosen on, on Bloomberg, and we'll put a a link in the description so people can can read it. But essentially, the idea is how are you going to take advantage of the situation? Now, don't sit back and just say, oh, well, I'm not traveling, so I don't need to look at this. How can you pay attention and use all of this to your advantage? And one of the thing, I'll kind of go over through the article there, but the first thing he talks about is taking advantage of historic credit card deals. And how important do you think that is for people to jump on these increased offers what uh, we've seen so many of them from American Express, Chase. Is that perhaps the biggest opportunity that's come so far out of uh, COVID? I think the temporary bonuses have been very interesting. There's just been so many. I mean, honestly, to the point that it's been hard for people to keep up with, even myself, like <laughs> as someone who reads about it and keeps up with it all the time. Like it's, but it's, I mean, it's made it really easy. I think it's also <laughs> sometimes I feel like Amex is laying traps for people with some of theirs. Um, that makes me laugh a bit. Um but yeah, it's, I mean, there've definitely been some interesting offers between statement credits and bonus points. And even, I mean, more people getting like 100K Amex Platinum welcome bonuses, more people getting higher business platinum bonuses. I mean, honestly, even the Amex Green, Amex Gold, like, yeah, just, and then we had like the Sapphire Preferred bump up to 80K as the, as the bonus. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting, interesting last several months as we've kind of I don't know, figured out how to navigate the pandemic situation. And it's, yeah, I don't, it's, I'm sure it'll slow down at some point, but it's not yet. I, I think like, depending on your perspective, this could either be like one of the best times to get into miles and points or one of the worst. And my yeah. guess is that after, you know, after COVID goes by and everybody, everybody's going to want to be traveling. And I think that there could be 
shortages of award space, things like that. Do you foresee that happening with, you know, so many more miles and points being given? Uh, although maybe people are earning it less because people aren't traveling. But I mean, do you see a lot of pressure on the award space going forward as travel normalizes? So I think independent of people earning more points right now and not using them and just kind of having them, I think independent of that, airlines will kind of cut back on award space at some point as they start to fill planes with cash tickets. I think, and I, I feel like I've said this a bunch of times, but like as they add more capacity to routes, you'll see some more award space open up and then they'll fill the capacity with more cash tickets. And like, you know, it'll be kind of a balancing act, but at first it'll just be kind of, I don't know, inconsistent. I think if you're looking for award space now, and this is the first time you ever really, I mean, in the last several months, even like you were looking for award, award space for the first time, it's like, wow, it's kind of easy. I don't think that's going to be the long-term situation. I don't necessarily think that having more miles out there just inherently makes award space harder to find. I, I guess I think about this kind of how I thought about uh, Cutter Airways space award space being searchable on Americans' website, and I just remember seeing so many people bemoaning how easy it would be for people to book Q suites now, and now that we know more award space, and then that never really happened. <laughs> like it just it it's so rare that like any two given into any random two individuals are going to like look for the same route on the same day and the same class of service uh, on the same exact flight. Like it's just it's so hard to run into that. It happens, but it's just not as common as I think we feel like it is. But I do feel like we do have, because a lot of us who've been at it a while have like seen how little award space there can be at times. There's a bit of a kind of a scarcity mindset where we're like, oh my God, if anybody has access to this, it's going to be so much harder for me. And like, what am I going to do? And then it doesn't end up really playing out like that. Um, so I, I'm, I, award space will get, reduced at some point, but I don't think it's necessarily because there are more miles out. Someone can prove me wrong if, if there's like data to show me that, but that's my feeling on it. I just don't think from a business sense, like I think they still need to sell award seats until they start selling out their planes. And yes, crazy people like us are going to get on planes as soon as we can, but the general public, which composes a lot of travel, um, the normal that's people. Just, yeah, exactly. That's just not going to be the case. So I do think it is going to be more of a buyer's market for award tickets, or at least I hope. Um, it doesn't make sense for it not to be, but then again, when have the airlines done things only because they make sense? It's not just award tickets. Like some airlines have definitely taken the approach of like discounted business class tickets. And admittedly, I focus more on like that market than the economy tickets. But like Tap Air Portugal has just been running for months the best business class tick or like cash prices to Europe from the U S and I mean, I sent one back in August and it was like five, six hundred, four, five, $600 round trip in business from Boston to the Azores. And you could stop over in Lisbon, Joe, I can't believe that you didn't book that. Um, right I out gotta, of Boston. I got a, I got a comment on that, but okay, continue. I'm just, you gotta, just saying it was out of your home airport. It was like made for you, but you know, that was, you know, that was an, a particularly good example, but we've even seen, I think, $680 if you're willing to stop in the A's from Boston through the Azores and Lisbon up into like Scandinavia uh, just recently and other tickets that are in that $1,400 range or $1,200 range. So like there's there's been some airlines that have kind of taken that approach and then other airlines have kind of come in with sales too, like Turkish recently. So I, I think, you know, we're still seeing airlines who are kind of interested in getting you on a plane. If you're willing to think long term, I think the market is there for you. 
be ready to book when things pop. Yeah. So I read your article and I was like, oh, that's, I mean, the article you were quoted in. First of all, you retweeted that without saying who wrote it. I was like, oh, Spencer's writing for Bloomberg now. I was super excited. But then, you know, you're only quoted in. I mean, come on, guy. But anyway, um, so I read it and I read what you said and I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know, maybe I'll book a bunch of trips, um, you know, internationally and domestically, definitely. And then just cancel them if I have to, because like you, I feel like comfortable canceling and stuff like that. But then I realized, you know, we have not talked about the need for a COVID a negative COVID test returning from overseas. I did not think about it when it first came out last week, but I just realized that like, if I'm in Europe and I test positive, I cannot come home until I test negative. And then, you know, some people who have COVID-19 continue to test positive for months, even though they don't have symptoms and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pump the brakes on the Spencer <laughs> plan of booking a ton of trips right now. Uh, even if I can cancel it, because once not I book right them, I'm gonna... now, that's the difference. Though it's not fly right now. It's that no, you I know, can but you're booking for October, like December. Like, yeah, you know. I, I know, but I, I'm like, the, I'm gonna if pump the vaccine rollout at that point is that bad? Then like, I don't even know what to tell you. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they're they're gonna. The reality is, they're gonna put in a vaccine exemption for that. I'm sure, but I was like, okay, well, just things are so in flux now. I just don't want to get my heart set on potentially <laughs> going to a place and having to cancel it. But I totally respect what you're doing, you know, booking those trips uh, to start. And, you know, you almost had me, Spencer. But I, I almost like, had oh, you. I'm, I'm going yeah. to chill. I'm going to chill. But again, I think, and I always try to make the point with anything in this kind of miles and points space, it's just you've got to figure out what you're comfortable doing and what time you're willing to put into it. If you think there's a chance, like a decent chance of a cancellation or that you're going to have to move it or move the trip, like that's time and energy that you're going to have to spend doing that. And you just have to kind of think, it's. I can't make that decision for anyone. Like while I may be willing to just like sit on the phone with airlines for an hour, not everybody has the patience or, you know, the ability to do so at any given moment. So like, I totally get if someone's not ready to book. My, my only thing is that I don't want someone who thinks like, yeah, I'll be comfortable if I have to change it and things should be better in late fall to not book because the current situation isn't good. And I just think as humans, we have a tendency to, uh, or I don't know, a polite way of saying screw the future for the sake of the present, because we just, we have a hard time not acting as if the present will be the current set of circumstances forever. <laughs> if we want to like get kind of weirdly philosophical or whatever, but yeah. So I just don't want people to, who are comfortable with making changes to just kind of forget the fall and the winter because of how things are now. In your experience, how has it gotten easier to cancel in the in the article, you talk about how, because of all the flexible cancellation policies, that perhaps you should, people should consider booking travel now, but making sure that they're flexible. And you talk yeah. a little bit about that, but how has it gotten easier for people to cancel? I mean, start? I think airlines, I mean, I think we've seen like the domestic carriers specifically start just basically getting rid of cancellation fees. It's a double-edged sword, in my opinion. I think there are some people who take things too far sometimes and we'll just book a bunch of stuff and take up the award space and then just not fly it um, at some point and just cancel late. That would kind of suck for a lot of people who want to plan travel but can't uh, get space. But I do think there's, you know, if people act with not just themselves in mind, but the rest of the community in mind, there's like a lot of ways where you can, you know, if, if there really is a cancellation, it's not that hard to cancel and get your uh, miles back and get a refund on the taxes and fees. Um, even life miles was actually pretty good when I had to cancel. Well, I didn't have to cancel. The airline canceled my flight. Even they were pretty good about that. I know not everybody's had that great experience with life miles. Um, 
But again, I think it is important that like, it doesn't always go well. Like a friend of mine, uh, I think he's been dealing with like Etihad for like almost a year. <laughs> a friend of ours, uh, Richard Kerr. Um, I think he's been trying to deal with a cancellation with Etihad for like a year. So it is hit or miss, but I, I have, at least in my experience in the last year, been fortunate with things I've had to move and cancel. Um, and I haven't really been getting hassled by airlines. I think they kind of understand what's going on. So anything else you're doing uh, as, as we close out the topic for the future, anything that you perhaps think you're doing different than the average person or even the average person in this hobby, as you sort of look to the future, realizing that, hey, this time is going to come to an end, things are going to get back to normal. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've, I've pretty much booked out this year. <laughs> and I, inevitably, I have things that were supposed to happen in February that I have to cancel. Uh, so, you know, I, I was, what, I mean, I booked that though last March, maybe early April. And I was like, it's gotta be better by like next February. Right. Wrong. Um, so that's, you know, that tells you you shouldn't listen to me, I guess, but yeah, I mean, I, but I'm willing to, you know, make those changes if necessary. Um, and I've already like reached out to airlines to get the process started, stuff like that. So, yeah, I think for me, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to book stuff further out especially if there's, you know, award space for something that I've wanted to fly, or if there's a particularly good deal to somewhere that I've been wanting to go, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm hoping, trying to stay optimistic. And I just think like, it, if I'm thinking about the future, I think one thing I could see happen is that award space would tighten up, but fair deals are still available. And so I think people might want to, st I mean, this is just kind of a tangent, but start really thinking about the travel portals. Uh, and what you what kind of ways you can use points in your travel in the travel portals if you have the Sapphire Reserve, Amex Business Platinum stuff like that, because um, a lot of times, I mean, with the way devaluations have played out even during uh, this pandemic, it's not uncommon for the portals to be better options now, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen more as we kind of come out of this. All right, let's move on to uh, rapid fire. And I'm going to start us off with Disneyland scrapping their annual pass program. You thought you could get through a whole show without us mentioning Disney, but uh, nope, we had a sneak one in here at the end just to let people know. Spencer, if you don't know, people have a drinking game. They don't. We made this up. But every time we mention Disney, they drink. <laughs> and therefore, our uh, listeners are drunk every single week. You just have but, to mention it now. Yeah, exactly. But Disneyland ended their annual pass program this week, which was quite a surprise to a lot of people. And... You can read about it, but essentially they said whenever they open, there will be no pass program. They refunded everybody's money, and then they said eventually they'll relaunch a new program where we know when they relaunch something new, Spencer, it's never better than it was before, or very rarely it's better than it was before. It's so just like probably a devaluation. <laughs> exactly. This is a devaluation coming to Disneyland annual passes, but it is what it is. So uh, it is the reality of the world. Joe, what's your rapid fire? So Benji wrote an article titled, Surprise, I took a break from credit card rewards. Here's what I learned. And he just talked about a little bit about how the credit card rewards game can be a grind. And, you know, sometimes you can get really wrapped up in earning points and stuff like that. And how he took a break and how it was good for him. This is something that I did. I think um, when the pandemic started, I was like, okay, I got too much going on in my life. I'm just going to take a break from obsessing about earning miles and points for a while and i felt found that a very healthy break as well and actually i'm i'm not totally on a break right now but i do feel like every january you must feel this sean as a reseller but like every january like after the rush of q4 and stuff like that i'm just like all right i'm just gonna take it easy 
uh, for a little while. So I encourage everyone to read it. Uh, if you're in a space where you know you want to take a break for a little while or feeling a little burnt out, you know it's a good encouragement and confirmation that doing so does not end the world. That's a really good one, though, Joe. I feel like I, I always feel like I'm going to say I always say to myself like I'm just take a just take a take a breather. Don't do quite like I do buying group stuff. Nothing is like intense as Sean, but like I just remember it was like October and I was like I'm just going to like. I'm just going to pause just for a little bit, like just take a breather. And then I got the like plus three Amex like referral offer. And I was like, well, I guess I should hit this thing as hard as humanly possible with buying groups. And so like, yeah, it may be great. I'm going to earn like, you know, an additional 600,000 Amex points. But, you know, it's now I'm like, no, really, you need to just like pause for a minute. It's a it's a really good point, though. Nice little humble brag there, Spencer. Mr. Oh, please. You, you, you are in that like every month. <laughs> I, there, you know, we, and we all know people who earn like a million a month. I'm not even. Yeah, we do. But I'm not I'm not earning a million a month. That's uh, it's <laughs> a nice little thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. That's going to do it for our show this week. Spencer, can you remind everybody where they can find you when they're not listening to this podcast? Absolutely. You can find my website at straighttothepoints.co. If you're into the social media thing, I'm most active on Instagram at straighttothepoints. Uh, I try to answer all the DMs and emails I get, so feel free to reach out if you ever have questions. All right, Joe? Uh, you can find me at As Joe Flies all over social media. Check out my Disney podcast, Disney Deciphered. And if you're looking to book a Disney vacation, not with miles and points or with some cash, uh, you can contact me as a travel agent, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net. What about you, Sean? Uh, MilesToMemories.com is where you can go for 40, 50 articles a week, best deals, credit cards, travel rewards, reviews, things like that. We have our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories if you want to dive a little deeper into the world of miles and points. We have bonus content every week, plus private Discord and Facebook groups. And you can find us on social media at Miles to Memories on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Thanks so much for joining us, Spencer. Straight to the points.co. Check it out for uh, free alerts for the premium service. Thanks so much for all of the insight. So many uh, cool topics we covered. Hope you come back again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a blast and a pleasure, Spencer. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, I was going to mention our YouTube channel, but since Christopher says I don't want uh, Christopher to actually have to drink anymore. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention our, our YouTube uh, channel. You can cut that out. And oh my god, I forgot my I screwed myself up because I wasn't doing the YouTube. The rhythm is off. <laughs> no, I got I got it, I got it. Facebook, Instagram, everywhere that you can find. Oh god, everywhere. There you go, Joe. Everywhere. <laughs> How did I just mess this up so badly at the end? Joe can edit that. <laughs> Before Shopify, were you wondering where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.